Hello, and welcome back to another episode of As Some of You Once Were. As we continue our study through the Book of Romans, my name is Trevor Brierley. I am pastor at Randall Baptist Church in Corbin, Virginia, and I'm glad to have you here to listen, to study, and to praise God with you. Again, we're going to be continuing our, continuing our study through the book of Romans. Uh, today, we're going to be looking at a little section in uh, verse chapter 1, verses 18 through 23. But join me as we pray as we get started. Father, again, I thank you so much for this time and availability. I thank you so much for all that you do. And Lord, I pray that you will illuminate your word. Lord, I pray that we would be as accurate as we can so we can see what you are revealing to us. Lord, for our good, but for your glory. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. So again, we're going to, again, continue our study over the book of Romans. So if you have your Bibles, and I hope that you do, turn with me to Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 23. We're going to continue looking at all that God is revealing to Paul. And again, a lot of what we are going to go over goes against the norms. It goes against our culture. It goes against our society, what people think, how people think things should be. And it's going to come back. And even for many in the church, it goes against what we have been told to believe. Which is one of the main reasons why I preach through the Bible. I teach through the Bible verse by verse. I don't think it's wise to take Bits and pieces. A verse here, a verse there. It becomes too easy to take certain things out of context. To be able to read into the Bible and get what we want. We can do that with really any scripture. You keep them in context. So it's revealing to us what God is saying. Not us trying to get something out of it so that we can continue a life in a life. So that we can try to justify our sins. It becomes easy to take things out of context. It makes things simple for my opinion to be. And again, the moment we've done that, we are already wrong. It's a slippery slope, one that we always have to be careful about. One that we always have to be cautious that we're not doing it. That's why if you read something, always make sure we read verses around it. The simplest thing to do is make sure you're reading chapters at a time. Another rule I like to tell people, just a general rule of thumb, is do the 20-20 rule. Read 20 verses before, 20 verses after. It will definitely help your context. That's something that we always have to keep in mind. But again, read with me if you have your Bibles. Again, I hope that you do, starting in verse 18 through 23. Starting at 18, it says this, For God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all godlessness and unrighteousness of people who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Since what can be known about God is evident among them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen since the creation of the world, being understood through what he has made. As a result, people are without excuse. For they, for though they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God or show gratitude. Instead, their thinking became worthless, 
and their senseless hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal men, birds, four-footed animals, and reptiles. As we look at this, the first thing that we really need to notice is that there is a wrath of God. The notion that many believe that God is all love, that God loves everything, is quite honestly blown out of the water right here. And it's not the only part that says this. Some homework maybe for later, you have some time this afternoon, do a word search on the wrath of God, on the judgment of God. And any thinking that God loves everything, always, is shown to be incorrect. Yes, God is a God of love, but he's also a God of justice. And having a right view of God will always be the right place to be. Thinking about God's wrath, we need to know something. His wrath is not like what we do. It is not like what we think our wrath is. His wrath is not uncontrolled anger. When we get upset, we tend to have outbursts. Some kind of uncontrollable rage of emotions. Not God. God's wrath is holy, and it is just. God's wrath is against, again, verse 18, is revealed from heaven against all godlessness and unrighteousness of people who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Unrighteousness. Godlessness. Every time that we sin, one thing we have to remember, every time that we sin, that is ungodlessness. Unrighteousness. God's wrath will be against what is contrary, what is opposite, things that oppose him and his holy nature and his will. And a point that I do believe needs to be made clear here is against those who suppress the truth. And this goes a long way, and it can go very deep. There are those who try to hide the truth, those who unknowingly even spread false teaching. Those who teach in a way that leads others astray. And these are just a few things that can be looked at from multiple directions, whether in the secular world or even in the church. Not teaching the truth has far more consequences than most people realize. And that's why it is so important to actually study the Word of God. Not merely looking at it, not merely reading at it. Don't get me wrong, I want you to be reading, but studying and reading are two very different things. But not merely looking at it, and then coming out with an opinion. But a real and true study. And this is not merely for some kind of protection to keep ourselves from the wrath of God. But it's more so that we are able to truly and fully preach the true gospel of Jesus Christ so that he is more and more glorified each and every day so that others can know 
the real and the true Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, so that they won't have to see the wrath either. It is important to know that the wrath of God is real. And simply because we don't want it to be real does not make it so. Simply because people use Christianese kind of words does not mean, mean that they are free from the wrath. Simply because we come to a building and hear songs and some words preached does not mean that we will not see the wrath of God. The wrath is me. And a mamby-pamby, fake, watered-down gospel will not save anybody. Verse 19 and 20 say this, Since what can be known about God is evident among them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible, invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen since the creation of the world, being understood through what he has made. As a result, people are without excuse. Now, this is a passage that really gets to some people. And I think you'll see why it does. There are two kinds of revelation. Natural revelation. Essentially, that's creation. The things that we see. The heavens, the earth, all that stuff. We look up at the night sky and we can glory and wonder at the stars. We look down at the ground and we can see that, wow, this, this dirt can somehow grow plants. We look at the human. We can produce and a woman can make babies inside of her. It's amazing. Natural revelation. Then there's special revelation. Special revelation is the Bible. God's word given to us. That God stepped into time and space and decided that he was going to reveal himself to us in a very specific way so that we could know because without special revelation, we're lost. But let's just, let's park on natural revelation. Let's look at this here. All these things that we see, we look around. Everything points to God. Now, whether that God is a little g or a big g, we'll get to shortly. But through all things, God is showing that there is more beyond just us. The intricacies, the way things are in motion, the way they hold together, it points to a creator. It points to a divine aspect. Natural revelation shows us that there is there is something much bigger than us. And what it should do is it should draw us to want to know who that God is. And if you listen to the podcast, if you heard last week the quote from Spurgeon, it really comes into play here. As we look at verse 20. That there is a rational way of looking at things. When you become a Christian, when you become an actual follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
you do not have to throw your brains in the trash. In fact, it's quite the opposite is true. We can see that there are God's fingerprints all over all of creation. And the things have not changed from that time when Paul was writing this until now. Nothing's different. Nobody has an excuse. But we tend to look at all things and try to explain them away. We have scientists who try to prove a Darwinian evolution. But again, all that mounts to is a theory. Because they don't want to acknowledge that there's something beyond them. We try to explain away a God that we don't like and a God that we don't want. Which, in and of itself, is again suppressing the truth. We don't want to be told that we were wrong. We don't want to be told that something is above us. I do invite you to look at some philosophical ideas and some different kind of thinkings in this. Look into it. Do some research. And I'm willing to bet that you will be surprised by what you find. And I think you'll also be surprised with who is in agreement with you. As there have been many scientists that in the secular world who have come to see who Jesus is. Many scientists that the secular world likes to quote have come to see who Jesus is. But come to their conclusions from a creationist point of view. We'll take certain aspects that we like, but we will forget. Everything points to the glory and the majesty of our God and our Creator. Many scientists will tell you that the more they dig into real science, the more that they are absolutely convinced that there is a Creator. Nothing just happens. Nothing times no one equals everything is not equation. This is also where it comes into play about having the right view of God. We try to often explain things from a worldly point of view, from a naturalistic standpoint. And we do this because we think God is small. We think God is maybe even insignificant. That he could not possibly have done something that, that's too big. Again, that is suppressing truth. But when you look at all creation, when you see what is really there, what is really happening, you will come to the same conclusion as Norman Geisler and Frank Turek, which is the name of the book that they also co-authored, and they say that I do not have enough faith to be an atheist. Says this, For they knew God. 
they did not glorify him as God or show gratitude. Instead, their thinking became worthless and their senseless hearts were darkening. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. Looking at this, it says that they knew God. This is kind of an agnostic sense. And there are many today the same, claiming that they believe God. They believe in God. Again, as we mentioned before, even the demons believe claim that they believe in God. That they do this and they do that. They do all these amazing good things. A million other things and a million other reasons. They do these things because they know there's more. But all their belief, it simply amounts to a small G God. No glory. Not even any real acknowledgement. They did not seek. They do not search. They saw the glory of God in natural revelation because it is amazing. God's natural revelation, all of his creation, shouts that he is God and creator. Too many, they see that, and that's the end. They may have started to seek, they may have even started to search. But again, far too often, the truth is suppressed. So they turn to a different way of thinking. They study. They learn. They do all that they are able to, trying to explain natural revelation. And break it down into a mere scientific formula. And the praise from the academic community begins. Then they further and further drift from what truth really is. The hearts become hard and harder. And before they know it, the seemingly inspiring and illuminating endeavor has become worthless. Too often our inflated egos, our degrees and Pieces of paper on the wall that say we do things. All the accolades and the achievements. The books and the speaking engagements. The lectures. Become a means to an end that we have made it in our hearts. In reality, we are shrinking. Becoming less and less. We lose grip with what we thought we had. And everything is under. When new and contradictory evidence is found, people mowed mock for years and years about what we thought we knew. Because they're trying to explain falsehoods. People, for example, mocked the church as a whole for years and years and years. That there's no real evidence. The only evidence that you guys have is what is written in the Bible. And then they found the evidence. They found that he actually existed. 
they mock stories of the Old Testament about certain cities. And then they found those cities. Just recently, again, they have found what they do believe could have been Sodom and Gomorrah. In which they too mocked us about. Then now, subsequently, are they are trying to explain that away as well. And again, we are left with people suppressing truth. God gives us information. He shows us the truth. Not merely, again, just to have it, or to think highly of ourselves because we know something, but he is drawing us closer to himself. And if we don't realize that, if we don't see that, then we too will be just as Paul wrote here in verse 21. We claim to be wise, but we are fools. We are fools. And then as we see in verse 23, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, four-footed animals, reptiles. Simply put, everything else will get easier. Everything else will get easier. Everything else will get worse. It is a quick and slippery slope. When we, for a mere second, turn away from God because our egos are inflated or we get a big head about something, it happens so quickly that we run down a path of self-glorification. We start to create, create many little tiny gods in our mind. And we set out to create a God that will work for us. That will fit our agenda. That will fit our narrative. Hey, don't like something? Try this God. He's cool and lets us do it. You want to do this? Hey, this God over here will do it. It's all good over there. A slippery slope filled with lots of false gods and false idols that simply appease you all the way. We try to fashion a system around what we think we want instead of allowing God to fashion us and to mold us into what He would have us to be. We do the opposite. In general, as a whole, our culture, our, our society, humans, we are idolaters. And the biggest idol that we have is ourselves. And we worship the created instead of worshiping the creator. And we get sucked into this. We get molded and shaped by the world. Groomed into this suppression of truth. And when truth is suppressed, it is always replaced with a lie. And that lie is telling you that you are it. That there is nothing bigger, nothing better, nothing else matters. And there is definitely no God. But he has made his power 
We can see it in everything. And he has revealed himself to us. We have natural revelation. We have creation. We have special revelation. His word. We have the Bible given to us. We can see God moving and working in everything and in every single day. So I'll simply say this. Don't back down. Stand firm. Stand on the solid ground, the solid rock that is Jesus Christ. And don't be ashamed. Proclaim truth. Stand in the gap. And replace the the world's lie with the truth of God. And again, as we close, remember that we can't do these things without first and foremost the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And we can't proclaim truth and stand in the gap if we don't know what truth is. Truth is not merely reading the Bible and trying to explain it in a way that appeases me or appeases someone else, that goes along with my thinking. But it's being changed. And seeing who God is. And Him changing us. And the Holy Spirit sanctifying us day after day. And when we sell out and become obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. Then we can stand in the gap. And replace the world's lie. The truth of God. But again, thank you for listening today and I hope to see you again next time. And until then, may God richly bless you. Have a great day.